Oh, that miserable little brat. She is becoming impossible, simply impossible. The idea, she's always been a spiteful little pest since the age of one. Do you know she kept throwing her toys, her toys out of her crib so that I would have to keep stooping over to pick them up? She has always had some kind of gripe against me. And that is from the movie Lolita. And that mom has problems. That mom, imagine having a one-year-old kid and that one-year-old kid is sitting in its crib and let's make it a little girl and she reaches over and she drops her bunny and it falls to the floor and then she drops a rattle and it falls to the floor. Do you think that little kid is thinking, boy, how can I really rip through my mother and destroy my mother today? I think I will drop my bottle on the floor. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. The kid is not having any of those thoughts. The kid is an experimenter, a little scientist. But as adults, sometimes we read negative motivations into one-year-old kids, and that's a problem. So you don't want to start off on a very bad track with your own kids. If you have really young ones around, realize that there's an another alternative explanation to their dropping toys or to their leaving crumbs on the floor when they walk. And that's that they don't know yet. That's our job as parents is to help civilize them. And you want to do it in a civil manner, not just assume that they're attacking you. They're off out to get you. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist, and that means even though this is not therapy, I can give you some answers to some questions or maybe put you on a different thought path that can help put a better, warm up your day, put a smile on your face a little bit. Uh, pick up the phone and give me a call. My number is toll free, one eight seven seven doctor kenner toll free, one eight seven seven doctor kenner D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. And you can visit my website, make it easy. It's drkenner.com. The same thing, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. And we have podcasts there. So if you've missed something, you want to hear it again, you can go there or listen to other podcasts or uh, books I've recommended and um, articles that I've written. And right now, I want to welcome Carol to the show. Carol, you're dealing with your grown kids, then they're not respecting you? Yes. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Well, um, I lost my job a while ago, about three years ago. I lost my home my car, everything, and I guess three years is a long time for that. Okay. Um, in between the three years, I have been trying to help them out. My daughter had postpartum depression, and I've been helping her and helping my other three because I have four children all together. Wow. Little, little, um, yeah. I'm only good for when I have money, and then when I don't have any, um, I'm an embarrassment to them. Okay, so you feel used when you have... Um, pretty much, <laughs> Yeah, so what's going, why, are they all in sync? Are they all walking in lockstep thinking that you're, uh, that, that you're someone that they can't respect? Or do they differ? Do we, does each one of your children have a a little bit different shading on that? Uh, I thought it was all four, but three of them are talking together. And I called one of my, my, one of my other daughters, the middle daughter, and I asked her, was she in sync with the, the way they feel? And she says, absolutely not. And that she's very proud of me and everything that I have been through. You know, she can understand why I'm an emotional wreck. Um, my other three are just very, um, I, I hate to use the word narcissistic, but um, yeah. they're pretty much that. <laughs> okay, so you have one 
loving daughter, one supportive daughter, one daughter who has some empathy for you and doesn't tend to use you? No. So so one bright thing in your life, you definitely, see, when, uh, I remember teaching at a university, Carol, and I had one kid in my class, one, one, you know, a teenager, adult kid, uh, maybe young adult, and she would write notes, she would be so disrespectful in a class of 60 people, and when I wrapped my mind around her, how was my experience of teaching? When I went into the class and all I thought of was Sherry in the back row there talking again, would I enjoy teaching or not? No. 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 But if I chose instead to focus on the kids in the front row who were smiling and some maybe five rows back who were engaged and interested, would that make my experience better? And I just set Sherry aside. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So take stock of what's going well in your life because if you're feeling crushed, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling down and out and you have gone through a lot of losses and you have been a person who has worked, then you want to start to rebuild your life and you want to pick your your cheerleaders, your coaches, and one daughter is working for you, correct? Correct. So when you're with her, what could be one step you could take to rebuild your life for yourself, not for the other kids, not to earn their respect, but so that you feel happier? Well, actually, what I do is, because she wants to be a psychiatrist when she gets older, is what I'm doing with you right now, I do with her, which may not be the right thing, but she actually gives me um, good feedback. The problem that I have is I may be menopausal, and um, I am an emotional wreck, and I cry about everything, and it's just, not just my children, but it's mainly my children who's putting me through the ringer. It's just everybody and anybody as well. Okay. So your three children, the mo- because I, do you have a hubby around too? No. I had um, an ex-boyfriend that as, at the same time, um, I, he's been making me feel badly as well. If I try to explain how I feel, it's manipulated and turned around. To do, to what that you're doing something wrong? What if you just? Why did you lose your job? You said three years ago. What? T- tell me just a little snapshot. What happened? I got hurt on the job, and I went on workman's comp, and then they terminated me uh, two days later. Okay, and then you lost your car in your home because you couldn't support yourself anymore. Right, right. And so, how are you living right now? I just got on compensation about in January, and before that, I was living with my daughter. Okay, the one who was postpartum, right? Had postpartum depression, right? Okay, and she's narcissistic, or that's what you think? She's someone who's a me-only person, my way or the highway? Yes. Okay, so that wasn't a match made in heaven right there, was it? No. Okay. So you have one good daughter, but you're using her as a therapist, which partly she doesn't mind because that's the field she wants to go into. And you're wrapping your mind around loss, L-O-S-S. How do I know that? Any idea? Yeah, because that's all I'm talking about right now. (laughs) Well, because when you say that you're feeling really sad or really down or really depressed, sadness is the emotion that comes from from, uh, feeling a loss. And the bigger the loss, 
the more we're closer to tears. And the more of the more losses we have that are important, your kids, a car, a home, your self-respect, if you feel like that's a bit shaky, man, you can feel very depressed. Mm-hmm. And you want skills to be able to both take both to understand your mood and not to understand it just to wallow in it because I mean I wouldn't want to do that you know we all have times when we're down and out and I can remember a time when I was real down and out and if I sat and wallowed in it I would feel even worse because I would feel like no action is possible and that's you know depression kind of makes you feel sad but I mean it doesn't make you feel sad but it doesn't motivate you to take action as much so you need a way to start strategizing maybe even with your daughter on how to take the next step to better your life for yourself what purpose can you have in you? go ahead the funny thing is is I am doing that it's just not enough for them uh, for oh but don't make them your standard Every little bit counts. Make yourself the standard. Uh, you, As long as you're moving forward, enjoy that. And that will motivate you to move forward a little more the next day. And that's what you want to do. Listen, I wish we had more time. You can go to my website. I recommend a book, Mind Over Mood. And you may even be able to get some professional help for yourself. And I would recommend a cognitive therapist, which you can also find at my website. There's a link there. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I would recommend. Okay. Okay. And focus on the good. Focus on the good daughter. Focus on the good steps you're taking. And don't try to appease narcissistic people. You're right about that. Okay. So thank you so much for the call. You're welcome. Bye, Kara. I need to feel important. Instead, I'm living in the shadows of her life. Her family and friends are everything. I feel invisible. I thought my husband's love would be enough to help him get over my affairs. Why can't he just forgive and forget? What does he think he is? Perfect? He's so selfish. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com.